The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark. We are a week away from the NFL draft. And who better to talk about the draft than Daniel Jeremiah, the NFL Network analyst. He does an amazing job every single year with the draft. But I first got to tell DJ, um, we apologize from Philly about what happened with the Padres series, <laughs> one of the World Series. I know you're a huge Padres fan, but Bryce Harper with one of the best moments in Philly sports history. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It, we beat the Dodgers, so we were playing with house money as a Padre fan. Uh, but it was a fun series. I wish we would have gone the other way. But the Phillies, I got to be honest, they're like an unhateable team. Even though, uh, even though they knocked out my Padres, they were, uh, they were a fun team to watch. Yeah, it was really cool. I actually, maybe I'll put you on the spot. If the Eagles actually take a running back in the yeah. first round, B. John Robinson, will you wear a Phillies jersey that we send you on the air at the NFL Network? I will gladly wear it. I, I will gladly wear it. And I'll say that I support the decision. I don't anticipate it happening. I don't expect it'll happen. I know we've talked in years past, and I think I've made the guarantee that they would you know, trade back, that they would not pick in a certain spot. And it, it, I felt comfortable in that prediction. I do feel comfortable saying they won't do it. Um, but if they did and they surprised me, I will gladly rock that jersey because I would love to see him in that offense. I love it. So the last running back the Eagles took in the first round, I believe it was Keith Byers back in 1986. And if you go look over the last 29 first round picks, 21 of them are linemen. You've got mm -hmm. a couple quarterbacks, of course, and then you've got a cornerback and a couple receivers. So how much would it shock you if they went out of the premium positions and took B. John Robinson? Uh, well, if we're going to say a scale of 10, 10 being Josh Hader not coming in to face Harper, I would say this would be at a nine uh, in terms of a shocker if they if they do end up, you know, bucking that trend and taking a running back. I, I love it. I can make a case for it. I, I could make a case that if you if you are the Eagles right now, there should only be one team that you're concerned with in the NFC, and that's the 49ers. So you are building your team to, to compete and beat the 49ers. That's the class. Those are two teams are clearly the class of the NFC. I don't see that changing anytime soon. And you would have your Christian McCaffrey to, to offset their Christian McCaffrey, man. It would be fun. So, you know, the Eagles history, you had been in the war room. And if you were going to pound the table for B. John Robinson with Howie Roseman, how would you do it? Well, I would just say, look, with with running backs, I get it. It doesn't work for everybody and it's not right for everybody. But at this point in time, with where we are as a team, with where we happen to be picking courtesy of a trade and what this the, the construct of this draft is, I think it's the right pick. I, I think he's the third best player in this draft. I don't think it's a huge opportunity cost. In other words, I, I don't think that you're not taking a Micah Parsons or Rashawn Slater or you know, a Jamar Chase or whoever else. I don't think those options are there where they're picking. I think there's good, solid players. He's an elite player. 
So every single one of his carries will matter. You will not waste any of his, you know, if we say, you know, even if you say he has a six year shelf life, five years in a franchise tag, and then you move on. This is a, this is their window. Their window is right now to win. Um, so I think he, you maximize his entire career. It's interesting because of course they didn't want to pay Miles Sanders, but Bijan yeah. Robinson is home uh, is so much more than just a running back, right? I mean, he's the most versatile guy you could possibly have. Absolutely. He's a, he's a true weapon. You know, you can put him out in the route. And that's why I say, look at San Francisco and look what they did after they got Christian McCaffrey. I don't think they lost until they got to Philly. Um, and obviously the quarterbacks made that a non-competitive game once you knock out the quarterback. So, um, I don't know. I just look at that and I say, if you go, if you go tail the tape between those two teams, I think they're very evenly matched. Um, I think the one area I would look at San Francisco and give them a decided edge would be look at who they can give the ball to. I don't think the Eagles have a Christian McCaffrey. This would give them that. So Howie Roseman has always said, we have to take the best player available. And he said he learned from past mistakes, but don't you believe that they put an extra emphasis on the premium positions and running back is not one of those. Yeah. Best player at the premium position. I mean, that's kind of been, that's <laughs> kind of been the way it's gone. And then if, if the board lines up where you don't have a player at a premium position, who's the best player on the board, you manipulate the board, you either move up to make sure you get one or you slide back uh, to find more value. So that's usually been their way of operating and it's been quite successful. So it's hard to argue against their, their way of doing business. Um, just in this particular case, I can, I feel like I can make a compelling argument that this would be the one year to maybe get away from that. Yeah. And it's interesting because Bijan Robinson, do you think he will actually be there for the Eagles when they pick? I can't peg a team. So I can't find that landing spot. There's been a lot of, of chatter about Atlanta recently. You know, they're picking eighth. You've got Arthur Smith. You've got his background in Tennessee, which has been the most running back driven team in the league uh, since Derrick Henry's been doing his thing. So you could say, okay, he can recreate that here. Different style runner, different style player, but an elite, elite back that would uh, that would plug in and sure as heck take a lot of pressure off the quarterback. So if you're sitting there and Bijan Robinson is there for the Eagles, but there are some edge rushers. Mm -hmm. Which way do you think the Eagles are going to go? Who could they take at 10? I'll say, I'll say the pick will be, um, it's either going to be Nolan Smith from Georgia, or it's going to be Lucas Van S from Iowa. That, that would be my guess of what direction the Eagles end up going. They're always going to continue to invest in that defensive front. Um, and those are going to be the guys. I think one of those two, if not both will be there. Um, and I think that's the direction they ultimately end up going, even with Bijan, who I think personally, I would punch the ticket. I would punch the card for, for Bijan Robinson, but uh, uh, how he's, how he's got his, his track record and history, which has been quite successful. And uh, I think that points in the direction of those two pass rushers. Now, is it interesting, Daniel, that I believe Bijan Robinson is represented by Nicole Lynn, right? Mm -hmm. Jalen yeah, Hurts. Yeah. So there you go. They just did a massive deal, record breaking deal. Could that possibly have Jalen Hurts in how he's here about this? Like maybe he was with AJ Brown. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't put that out of the realm of possibility that he'd be lobbying for him. I think anybody, you know, on offense would be, you know, lobbying for a guy like that. I, you know, I, I look at, him and Philly behind that offensive line. I think about how dynamic that can be. I, I would say the other team that I would, you know, I would say is a chance that takes him is Detroit at six. Detroit has a really good young offensive line. Um, you plug him in there and off you go. But the, the agent connection is fascinating. 
Um, but I think Jalen hurts. I think Jalen hurts is, uh, is going to probably end up staying in his lane for the most part and, uh, and let the personnel department, let Howie, uh, and, and let them try and figure out the best way to go, uh, going forward. All right. We, we talk about the lines that they usually take alignment. So mm-hmm. if they don't get somebody on the defensive line, do you think it's possible that they would take an offensive lineman with their first pick in the first round? Uh, I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, it would almost be kind of a redshirt year. They've done that in the past. And this would be kind of your Lane Johnson insurance. If, if something were to happen to him, you know, my lot is not going anywhere. Um, still young, still has his best football ahead of him. So um, it it'd definitely be a pick for the future, but they invest in that. And you also have some guys in this draft that have some inside outside flexibility. I mean, their five starters are already kind of locked in but you get somebody that can be that sixth guy right now on a really good team and a 17 game schedule, the injuries are going to happen. Um, and you get somebody that can plug in and play either spot. I think you look at, you know, Skaronsky from Northwestern, a lot of folks have him as a guard. Obviously he's played left tackle. Um, and, and you also look at Paris Johnson who has experience both at guard and tackle. Those guys would be the two I would keep an eye on. And Paris is visiting the Eagles this week. So if you were to bet money, how about the Eagles taking a lineman on either side of the ball with both of their picks in the first round? How likely would that be? I would say I'd give it, uh, I would say a 60% chance. I would say it's more than likely that they end up getting two line of scrimmage players. I would also not rule out a corner. I think this is a pretty deep corner group. Um, so if they don't take a corner at 10, um, you know, I think you're looking at really two guys there. Uh, Witherspoon, who I love. And then I would also add Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon as being options at 10. But if you look at the depth of that group, I would say they could even wait and they could still have a corner sitting there at the bottom of the first round if they wanted to get one there. And in your mind, if need comes into it, is is pass rush because of certain guys on the line getting up there in years? Is pass rush basically a need at this point? I think it's always a need, you know, they run that alpha and Bravo unit out there. That's the way they, they believe in doing it, keeping those guys fresh and rolling them through. So um, always having that next group of guys and they, you know, they're, they're kind of quietly assembling a really good front of the future that we haven't got to see really unveiled yet. And, uh, and now all of a sudden you add another piece into that. That's going to be exciting. All right. So with the Jordan Davis connection, in Georgia, yep. Nicobe Dean, we saw them go heavy on Alabama the few years before <laughs> that. They've got three starters on offense. How much do you think they love Jalen Carter? I mean, I've heard they've loved him ever since they went down there to look at Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Well, I think he's the most talented player in the draft, and he's at a position that's hard to find. You know, I'd argue that trying to find a dominant, disruptive interior defensive lineman is harder than finding an edge rusher, and it's, it's evident in this draft as well. Um, so he's the most gifted player. It's just whether or not you, you're comfortable with with where he is off the field because the on the field stuff, it's a, it's a no brainer. Uh, but at the end of the day, John, I don't think they have to make that decision. I think that's going to be made for him. I don't think he'll be there. So how he has made a trade in the first round three of the last four years, if, if Jalen Carter was to get to, let's say, seven or something mm-hmm. like that, do you think that that kind of starts getting the blood flowing for Howie and maybe, you know, trying to get up there a little bit? I, I wouldn't be shocked. I would say I'd be surprised. I would think they'd be more likely to go in reverse and continue to add future assets. Um, so if if you're asking me their dream scenario, to me, their dream scenario is that these, you know, one, two or three of these quarterbacks slide and get down to, to their spot. Because if you look at it, they're in a perfect position. 
they're a team that doesn't have a, you know, a pressing need, a glaring need. And you've got a team picking behind you. That's been pegged as a quarterback team in Tennessee. So you get teams like Tampa who might not have their quarterback of the future, Minnesota, who isn't committed long-term uh, to Kirk cousins. And all of a sudden now you get one, two or three of these quarterbacks uh, that are still on the board when the Eagles are on the clock. I think the phone will ring and I wouldn't put it past Howie to try and uh, see if he can't get some more future assets to go along with what they already have. Interesting. So you think it's more likely he would move back than move up? I do. I do. I I think that in this draft, um, you know, Jalen Carter is a tremendous talent, but I think with where they are as a team right now, I think he's, you know, when you pay the quarterback, you have to be able to surround him with cheap starters. Cheap starters don't come in free agency. Cheap starters come in the draft. So to be able to accumulate a bunch of picks, that's what the Chiefs did. I mean, they rolled out all those rookies on defense last year. They'd already paid Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have to move on from guys like Tyreek Hill uh, eventually. Some of those other pieces, expensive pieces. So to have extra picks when you've paid the quarterback is a, is a very smart, sound strategy. So obviously with the draft coming, they got their quarterback wrapped up for the next six years. What did you think of the deal? And when you see the reports of what the cap charges are that Howie, it's almost like he worked a master class. These next four years, we haven't seen the last two of Jalen Hurts' deal, but these four years, I think it's around 6 million, 14 million, 22 and 31 million of cap charges. I almost don't believe it. I'm like, is this a misprint? <laughs> well, he, nobody does that better than Philadelphia and Howie's been kind of the master of that. And, when, when the offseason began and the discussion turned to, okay, which quarterback deal gets done and what does it look like, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, I know Philly will be the first one in the clubhouse. I know that. Howie's not going to sit around and let Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert set the market. He's going to go out there and try and get that first number in, knowing that they're going to piggyback on top of that and it's going to go north. So uh, smart on his part to be aggressive, get the deal done. And I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody that it worked out pretty well for everybody. But to have the cap charges be that low, I mean, it gives them yeah. a tremendous opportunity now over these next couple of years. Well, that's the that's the incentive of getting it done. You know, you, the, if you wait now, you're in, you don't have that same leverage point. So to be able at this point in time to knock this out, get this done, Jalen gets a ton of cash early. And that's the thing. You have to have ownership that's willing to put the cash up front and then be able to manipulate the cap with years. But if you don't have the, the cash to give them that right now in, gar- in guaranteed form, you're not going to have those friendly cap numbers. So I, I give Howie a ton of credit, but I think you got to give Jeffrey a lot of credit as well and uh, saying, Hey, here's, we can, we'll, we'll cut you that check right now. So do you think that this is probably the best both sides could have done in this situation for Jalen to also help the Eagles be competitive over these next two, three years? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you had to take a, a selfless, discounted hometown deal. I mean, they could get a ton of money. There's a ton of guarantees and he's getting it early. So again, I think it, it works for everybody. You got to be willing to pay pony that up up front. Um, and they did that. And the number, you know, you can look at the average per year and that looks like a win for Jalen, but the way the contract's laid out from a salary cap standpoint, it works for the Eagles. So I, I always believe there's always the deal to be made where everybody can be satisfied. Everybody can be happy and feel like they, they did well. Um, and this is a great example of that I, you hear, but we hear about the acrimonious negotiations with these things and how uh, bitter it can be when it's like, man, there is a solution out there that everybody can get what they want out of this deal. Uh, and I think this is a great example of that. And really, when you look at what has happened over the last couple of years, 
when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, when you look back at how amazing it is that he is now their franchise quarterback with a record deal, take me back to what you were thinking when they drafted Jalen Hurts behind Carson Wentz. Well, I, I had a pretty good idea it was coming. Uh, so, you know, you heard about this a little bit before ahead of time that that was somebody that they were targeting. So I wasn't surprised that they took him. Um, I, I, with Jalen Hurts, as we went through the process, I kept talking about it, how he's the one guy that I have a sick, like a pit in my stomach that just too low on him. Like he's, he's, while he hasn't figured it all out yet, when you add it up, when you add up that he has talent, you add up the crazy, crazy work ethic, the intelligence, the son of a coach, the fact that he's overcome adversity. You know, I said, look, he's somebody who's going to figure it out. You bet on him. He's a guy that you bet on. So I, I kind of, as we work through the process, talk myself into saying, okay, this guy is, you know, I, I'll be a Jalen Hurts guy. I'll count myself in that camp. So the fact that they took him, took courage with Carson being where he was, obviously it came with a lot of criticism early on. Um, but they saw, they saw something in this kid and, and, uh, and he's rewarded their, uh, their belief. And one of the things about him that I love and talking to the guys there in the building, um, first one in every day, last one out every day, literally shows up with a briefcase. Like he is going to work um, and he's obsessed with it. So the fact that he's obsessed with it to me um, is why you're seeing the success that he's had. And, and some guys are easy to root for. And uh, he's one of those that I'm, I'm, you know, to see a guy who was benched in college in this short amount of time, go put on a performance of a lifetime in a Super Bowl, uh, and then turn around and get paid and rewarded for all his work is pretty awesome. Yeah, you make some great points. And then when you look back at him coming out of college and you look at what has happened so far in his first three years getting to this point, is there a story like him that has come before this? I mean, is this one of the most unique stories you've seen? Yeah, it's pretty special. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's stories. I mean, you go back to Joe Flacco, um, who, uh, you know, he got beat out at Pitt and then ends up at, um, gosh, where did Joe, he was at Delaware, right? Yeah. yeah so Joe Delaware. is Delaware and he's a blue hand baby. So, um, and then he goes on to be a Super Bowl MVP. So we, we've seen, we've seen stories similar to this one. Um, but I don't know personally if I've seen somebody take the, the improvement, like to make the drastic improvement from what we saw from him as a thrower at Alabama, he was ultra competitive and had them within a whisker winning a national championship uh, on a couple occasions. Um, but the development as a passer was still, it was still raw. still a long way to go. The, the distance he's traveled from that point to where he is now, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody improve like he has. And where would you rank Howie Roseman as a general manager in the NFL right now? Because of course they got Jalen hurts. They got their guy. They go to the super bowl. Uh, you look at the offense. Every starter is drafted by the team, except for AJ Brown. They got to do some work on defense, but they've got some cap room now next year and the following year with this deal. And he got a top 10 pick this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I always think it's, it's tough to sit there and rank these guys because they're in different situations with different opportunities. And um, I, I would just say it's pretty simple. I don't know. You could tell me, uh, you know, prove to me that anybody's done a better job than how he's done. You know, if you look at the construction of this roster, I thought it was the most talented team in the NFL last year. They didn't win a championship, but I thought roster wise, they had the best roster. Uh, and part of that was because they hadn't had to pay Jalen. And now, you know, it gets a little more difficult, you know, even though those numbers, as you mentioned, are friendly, they're not like they were when you're paying a second round draft pick. Um, so that that's going to be a little trickier as you go further on, but nobody's constructed a better roster than how he has. 
It's interesting when we get back to that argument of if you're sitting there and BJ Bijan Robinson is there or a stud pass rusher, Jeff Lurie at the owners meeting, he came out and said it that offense wins Super Bowls. Now we didn't hear that in years past, but now yeah. this is, you know, new NFL and he says you can't stop a great offense in the Super Bowl, but you also need pass rushers. Is this a fascinating dynamic, though, the the, the argument between the two? Yeah, I, I would just say that the only – and I agree with that if you're in the AFC. If you can't get 30 points consistently in the AFC, you have no shot to run that gauntlet because you're going to have to go through Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Mahomes. You've got Herbert that's coming. You've got Trevor Lawrence that's coming. The NFC is not the same. Uh, the NFC, it's a two, it's a two team conference right now. It's, it's the Eagles and it's the 49ers. So I think you can afford to build your team a little differently, knowing you're not going to have to run through all those elite, elite, elite quarterbacks on the way to a championship. You're going to have to really beat one of them because the 49ers, even as they're constructed right now, don't have one of those guys. And so in your mind, you're almost saying we need a couple more pass rushers to get after a Patrick Mahomes at Burrow. If I look, if you look at the Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes lost, he lost it because JPP and Shaq Barrett hit him repeatedly in that game. That's why they lost that game. And the Eagles pass rush was a little slowed by the, uh, the grass. Oh, the ice rink, the ice rink. Yeah. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) Um, to wrap this up, um, do you really feel that the Eagles could be right back in the Super Bowl, especially getting, a, you know, maybe another pass rusher and, and fortifying that defensive front? I feel like they're right back in the NFC championship game before the season started. And I know that's premature. You know, obviously injuries you know, are a thing. If they can stay healthy, I don't see how they aren't back in the NFC championship game. I think they're on a collision course again with San Francisco. I hope both those teams are whole. I hope both those teams are healthy um, because I think it's got a chance to really be kind of one of the next great rivalries uh, in the NFL. And I don't think there's a lot of love lost between the two as well. So that, that makes for a fun one. Uh, but yeah, no, I think this is a, uh, you know, this is a team that's it's positioned and ready to go. So I, I don't see why the expectation should be anything less than winning a championship this year. You, of course, worked for the Eagles. You've been in the war rooms. You've been there with Jeff Laurie. You've been there with Howie Roseman. I had Joe Banner on my podcast recently, and he I asked him, I said, where did this start that you have to fortify the offensive and defensive lines? And I thought it was Andy Reid, but Joe said, he and Jeff Lurie, when they were kids on their couch and watching football, when you were in the offices, when you were in the war room, how much is that emphasized and how much did the lines win out in decisions on draft day? Yeah, it's a, it's, it was always you know a point of emphasis and it was a belief and it was something they were never going to stray from. And that's why it's not like this is a, you know, we talk about the running back thing and will they, won't they? It's not like, oh, they prefer. No, this is like a doctrine. Like this is this is a hard line that they have taken of how you construct a roster, and you can't argue with it. No, you can't. Uh, you do an awesome job, Daniel, on the uh, NFL Network. We're looking forward to your coverage. The NFL Network will have the draft from Kansas City. <laughs> I know it's not Vegas for us. Like we're out last year, you buy a pool in your own cabana. <laughs> a little different. A little different. We'll get some barbecue though, buddy. You get, you get a lot of a lot of good barbecue, but uh, keep up the great work. You are crushing it with the draft work you do. We look forward to your coverage, and maybe just maybe Phillies Padres can meet in there the playoffs go. again this year. Golly, we both got to start playing better. Goodness gracious! <laughs> good Juan Soto. What the heck, man? Come on. Just-